0: Hello, guys. How you doing today? I hope your New Year's is going well. I hope everything's going well. And I hope you guys are spending time in prayer with the Lord. You know, you want to stay in prayer at all times. uh, Because, um, you know, times, we're living in a very strange time. The time that we're living in nowadays is you have to make sure that you're cultivating a relationship with the creator because I see a lot of things that's going on and all those things are the works of the enemy. His enemy's goal is to collect as many souls as he want and to try to take as many people down with him as he can. You know, his only purpose is to wear us out and take us down to the pit of hell with him. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people are following his lead. They are following the enemy's lead. They live in a rebellious lifestyle. They live living a very blasphemous lifestyle. You know, it's, um, they do not understand the importance or they do not care that they have a creator and they do not care about Jesus' death on the cross. You know, our, the, um. Heavenly Father, you know, um, Jesus' death on the cross is such a big deal to God. And, you know, that's the reason why he allowed his son to suffer that uh, horrific death on the cross. So there is no way, there is no other way to make it into heaven without Christ. So if you're trying to make it into heaven any other way, you're not going to make it into heaven, you'll find yourself in hell. We have what we call, a, um, when you have a debt, you have to pay that debt back. You know, if you have a debt with the IRS, if you owe the IRS money, to the internal revenue service, you cannot you know, pay them in potatoes. You cannot give them potatoes. You have to give them money. So that's the same thing with God. We have ascended, a you know. We have ascended, and the only way that the only way that we can pay that debt back is Jesus' death on the cross. Actually, we're not paying the debt. the The debt back, you know. We have this debt. We have to pay it back. The only way um, God says, "Okay, let's make a deal." We all apply Jesus righteousness to you as long as you accept him and obey him. So you don't have to pay that debt, that sin debt. Okay? Because the only way you could pay that debt to God is through Christ, because He will not accept any of the debt payment. You cannot be good, you cannot just do as many help as many people as you can and just do everything, just be the nicest person. But that does not mean anything if you have sin, right? We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. I mean, like, all of us are sinners. So we cannot appease, we cannot please God by our works. You know, our works alone is not going to save you. We need faith in Jesus Christ, because in fact, Jesus Christ, there is no heaven. Uh, Because he does not, God does not accept, let's say you do all the good things in the world and then you do not accept Christ, you're going to hell. Because the only, you know, like I said before, the only uh, payment he accepts is Christ's death on the cross. So we have, we cannot lose sight of that. Nowadays, too many people are living their life like they don't need God. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about, you know. Those people who are married, you guys who are struggling, you know, before you guys, the, the title of this podcast is Call Jesus Before the Divorce Lawyers. So I think what happens in, in marriage, you know, people are hurt. You know, they are betrayal. You know, somebody may become an adultery. So that, that leads to a lot of hurts and you know, that leads to a lot of pain. So the person is not only angry with the guilty spouse, they're also angry with God too. You know, they're angry that God allowed that to happen in their life. You know, and the thing is about a lot of people is that when they decide to get married, they do not understand the that marriage is not a is is more than a commitment, it's a covenant marriage is a covenant between you your spouse and god you know just like the father the son and the holy spirit they are one they 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 are three distinct persons but they are all one okay so the bible says they make up what we call the godhead christian call it um most of you guys are familiar with the term trinity but the actual biblical term is the godhead so Jesus the son submit to the father but the father in Christ, the Jesus the father the Son and the Holy Spirit I mean the father the son and the Holy Spirit they are equal in every way different position but equal so as I send them marriage the husband and the wife they are equal but different position the husband, is the head of the home. The wife's supposed to submit to him. And just like, I submit to Christ as my head. So I think, you know, living in this culture, living in the American culture, when you hear the word submission, the alarm bells goes off. You know, um, because we have a lot of, um, there's a lot of attack. You know, there's a lot of tension in this country. You know, you, you have racial tension. You have um, the gender wars uh, in the home, you know. So there's there's a lot of conflict in every society, not just in America, but in America since I live here. in Particularly the racial issues, the um, in the home, when you have the husband and the wife, each of them trying to have the upper hand, each of them trying to control the home. And the reason is like that because we living in a world. That's disorder. The word disorder. So the world, it's kind of like somebody, just kind of like a um, a homosexual relationship. That's a disorder. You know, it's not, that's not what God designed, um, you know, people to do. Sex was not designed between two men. It was not designed between a man and a woman outside of marriage. So God confined sex to husband and wife, uh, the whole purpose of sex was to bring life into this world, not for any, you know, just just having a good time, just to enjoy yourself. But you know, so, but let me get back to what I was saying. So, so that's what's important to um, in the home. So we have, before we even get married, we have to know, first of all, we have to know what the Bible says about marriage. We have to understand marriage. Marriage is not just you fall in love with somebody and then you guys have great chemistry together. And then you guys have some of the same commitments and dreams. And now you guys want to get married. It's good to be attracted to the person. You have the same interests and the same things, the same future goals. But you guys living out the most important thing. Is that person right for you? You know, you cannot make decisions just based on how you feel. God has to give you that person. God has to tell you okay, this person is who I want you to be with. The thing is, a lot of the time we deceive ourselves. We say, oh, God wants me to be with that person. In reality, that's not the truth. We want to be with that person, and then we put out and then we put the Lord's name in it. You know, so if God wanted you to be with that person, you know you're going to be with that person for the rest of your life, right? So because God says, when a man, the man supposed to leave his his uh, parents and become one with his uh, spouse, they, 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 they become one flesh. So you cannot see that God giving that person and then you're getting divorced 10 years later. So that was not God, that was you. There is no way God will give you somebody and then he'll accept divorce. That's impossible. So what you're doing is you're saying, God, you know, you don't trust, you just put in the Lord's name, it's something that he has nothing to do with, you know. And and the thing is, because a lot of us, we have our own insecurities, we have our own issues from our childhood that we never resolve, and then we take that into the marriage. We never sat down and trying to see a therapist, we never got the help that we need. You know, some of us, that was um, brought up in broken home like myself. Um, we was brought up in broken home so we don't know true marriage how true marriage is supposed to be. We don't know how godly marriage is supposed to be because my I was raised by my father and my stepmother and they were married but the way they lived their life that was not how marriage people were supposed to live. You know, my dad was doing his own thing. And then there was a lot of issues in the home. Um, so, you know, my dad, you know, committing adultery, messing around, he has a wife. My stepmother, who doesn't have the heart of God, doesn't have the heart of Christ. Um, it was a very traumatizing, difficult upbringing I had. But the thing I realized that, when we allow our own selfish desires to control us, it's always going to lead to self-destruction. Most people think self-destruction is, oh, you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to alcohol, and you're uh, in prison and you're doing all these kind of crazy things. Those, Yeah, I mean, those are self-destruction. But the biggest self-destruction is, Not having a relationship with your creator, you know. Somebody who's addicted to drugs, if they clean up and then they they follow Christ, they will be fine. But somebody that have all the money in the world that place their trust in their money and that they don't need, they don't feel like they need Christ. They do not humble themselves, you know, like they they feel like they do not need Christ. So that person self-destructs. Because you cannot spend your whole life without having a relationship with your heavenly Father or your Creator, you know. So that's self-destruction, you know—dying, not knowing, not knowing, or not, or do not care who your Creator is. Okay. So let me go back to um, you know divorce. So if you read in um, Jesus, divorce was uh, was so important. You know there are things in the Bible that is so important that is mentioned in all synoptic gospel. The synoptic gospel is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The reason they call it synoptic gospel is because all those three gospels they share similar stories about Jesus. John, for example. They talk about the Passover, you know, that Jesus had, like, his last meal before he was uh, uh, crucified. But in John, John does not mention that, but John talked more about Jesus' divinity. You know, Jesus was the Lamb of God. Jesus was God. So uh, the Word was God, and the the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So he talks more about Jesus' divinity than Jesus... um, Then some of the things, and then he talks a lot about Jesus. Some of the signs that Jesus did. So, when Jesus talked about divorce in Matthew 19, and I'm just going to read to you what it says. It says, um, "This is Matthew 19. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there." Some Pharisees came to him and tested him. They asked, "Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason?" So this is this is critical. This is a critical answer that Jesus was about to give them. But the thing is, us we like to take the gospel. A lot of theologian um, pastors they like to take the gospel and stretch it, you know, and stretch it. You know, Jesus said one thing, but they like to say, well, maybe he mean this, maybe he mean that. And um, at the time, you know, they use the stuff that the knowledge that they learned from school. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of head knowledge, not heart knowledge. Me, because I didn't go to uh, seminary school because I, I chose not to because the Bible does not require that. And I think I'd be better off by studying the scripture on my own and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me and tell me and, and speak to me. I think that's the best way that anybody that's been called <clears throat> to preach the gospel, you do not need to go to seminary school. You do not need to go to um, any kind of biblical studies. This is what I did. Once the Lord called upon me to to minister the gospel, the first thing that I did, I started reading the gospel, right? Right. I started reading the gospel for the last seven years nonstop and I allow, and I do a lot of research. If I had went to school, I could have a PhD based on how much research and study that I've done on my own. Okay. I allow the Holy spirit to open my eyes and teach me what the Bible says. Okay. So I could debate any pastor or anybody that have a masters in biblical studies because I study I it and I do a lot of research on my own. I think the time is a lot of Christians we get carried away by our own head knowledge, you know, instead of, fo- instead of focus on heart knowledge, you know, our heart knowledge, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us with the scripture. You know, all the stuff you learn in seminary school is great, it, it, you know it teach you the um a lot about the bible some of the foundation you know how the Bible it teach you teach a lot about the history but the bible is a spiritual book you know it's not like you go to law school and just when you go to law school and learn about the law you just you have you know it's very straightforward the law is very straightforward but the bible is not the bible is very is a, uh, is a spiritual book. You know, it's not a, a regular text. So we have to take it from a different approach. We cannot study the Bible like we study our um, law book or how we study our, um, any type of other books. So we have to keep that in mind. So me, I take, Jesus says something, I just take it just the way it's written. So he says to the Pharisees, it is lawful for men, well now the Pharisees says, um, they asked Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? That's a very important key term. By the way, I'm reading from the New International Version. This is what Jesus says. Haven't you read? So when Jesus taught this, um, when somebody says something like that, when, when they say, haven't you read? Like, 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 basically. Don't you know that? Like, 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 where's your brain? At? I mean, Jesus is not saying that. I mean, Jesus is not saying that, but Jesus is trying to be like, like, you guys are asking me basically something that you should already know. You know, it's just like asking me, oh, um, you know, just you asking me something that's so basic, that's so fundamental. Um, like, why are you even asking me that? So like asking me something like, you know, um. You know, I'm trying to think of the easiest thing, you know, like what color is, is a tree? What colors, uh, I mean, what colors are trees? That's basically what Jesus is saying here. Like you asking me something that's so basic that everybody knows that, you know, like a little baby will see, oh, that tree is green. Every tree is green. That's what a little baby is going to say. Like, that's what Jesus is saying by like saying, um, haven't you read like, like. Why, like, this This is such such a simple question to ask me, like, everybody should know the answer to that question. Haven't you read that at the beginning, the Creator made male and female? For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh? This is Jesus talking. So they are no longer two, but one flesh? Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. That's, that's it. That's the end of story. Okay? There's nothing else to, to interpret. There's nothing else to try and say, oh, maybe Jesus means this. Maybe. He's done. Okay? Now they move on to the next um question. Right? So that was in verse 4. Now they go down to the next question. Right? And they say... Um, why then did Moses command that a man did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And this is what Jesus said, Jesus replied, "Moses permitted you to, to divorce your wives because your heart were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual morality marries another woman commits adultery and then the disciples said to him if this if this is uh if this is the situation between a husband and wife it is better not to marry um jesus replied not everyone can accept this word but only to those to whom it has been given for there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by others, and there are those who live to live. There are those choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept they should accept it. Damn. This is such a powerful. This is such a powerful um, verse. This is uh, so important. what Jesus just says so. In Matthew, Jesus go, goes on and says about um, sexual immorality, right? But right, so he says the same thing in Matthew, and then he says the same thing in Mark 10. In Mark 10, he repeats the same thing. He said, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. If she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Right, so but I don't want people to take away that it's okay to divorce your spouse even if they commit adultery. Jesus is saying that, but what Jesus is really saying is that I don't want any divorce, period. Okay? There is no really good reason. If you just read um, this Matthew from... Uh, when I was reading Matthew from 3 to... Um, to verse 4... When Jesus said, there are no longer two but one flesh, therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. That is the end of the story, people. You know, why are we keep reading more? Jesus is done with the conversation. They don't want the Pharisees coming and asking one another question. He said, why did Moses allow divorce? Jesus said, because you guys, your heart is hard. You know, because of the hardness of your heart, that's why Moses allowed it. But from the beginning, it was never meant to be. Okay, so marriage—you guys are one flesh. So there's no any other reason why anybody should get should be getting divorced. Zero, zero whatsoever. No reason people should be getting divorced because you are one flesh. If you were two flesh, then okay, Jesus sees you guys as one that's how god sees marriage he always sees one person when he sees marriage okay just like the father the son and the holy spirit become one with the believer that's the same way the husband and the wife become one so the lord cannot leave me i cannot leave the lord the holy spirit they all One with me as a born-again christian So they will forever be with me because we are one. When my body dies, my soul will be with the Lord, okay? Because we are already one. So a lot of Christians will say, oh, when somebody dies, they die and go be with the Lord. That's not accurate. That's really not accurate because they are a born-again Christian. They are already with the Lord, okay? I mean, you know, so, yes, so I understand what they're saying, but really... As soon as you become a born-again Christian, you are one with Christ. You are already with Christ. You know, once the physical body, nothing is going to change a believer's faith when they die in Christ. The only thing is it just going to, Jesus is just going to give them a glorified body. That's about it. But the spirit had already been renewed. Jesus had had only given that believer a new spirit. So the new spirit that believer is giving them that spirit just once the flesh is gone, it just the spirit is already there. So there's not um you know, once you become born again, you are born again. That's what it means. You have you have been given a new spirit. So you guys, if you are says you're a born again Christian, divorce should not be allowed. Period. There's no such thing as divorce for a born again Christian. You know, it just does, does not exist because you are one with your spouse, and one with Christ. And then I was reading a statistic. It says that 60% of second marriages end in divorce. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to end in divorce because God wants you to work on the first marriage. He don't want you to leave that marriage, leave that family, and go start another one. He doesn't want that. So if you stay in your first marriage, you're trying to work things out, then he could bless it, right? Right? Because there's a lot of hurts, there's a lot of betrayal in relationship, but the Lord, before you call that divorce lawyer, you call Jesus first. He could repair some of the pain and the betrayal that's in relationship. Okay? So let him he let Jesus repair that relationship before you go ahead and call a divorce lawyers. Okay, a divorce lawyer doesn't care about you, doesn't care about your um, your family, you know? I would say the two worst profession that we have in this country are divorce lawyers and gynecologists that perform abortion, okay? A gynecologist is supposed to bring life, not death, okay? You bring life into this world, not death. When you, when you commit an abortion, you know, I was reading that they use like a special equipment uh instrument that sucked the baby out of the uh, the woman's womb i mean the woman's uterus. um so that's the kind of um evil that we have in this world you know that's very evil so just remember we eat on this world to bring life to bring you know tell people about repentance tell people about jesus Okay? Jesus, there's not one person in this world that voluntarily, you know, will allow themselves to be crucified on the cross. No one ever does that. No no one in the history of this world ever volunteered to be crucified on the cross. You know, there are people that were crucified on the cross against their will. People that died in the Holocaust, they died against their will. Okay? Everybody died against their will. Jesus you know, God voluntarily chose to be crucified on the cross for our sin. No one ever does that. Okay? So no other God can live up to Christ. Because none of the other religion, none of the other gods never do anything for those um for their followers, for their subject, you know, they never done anything for people that worship them. You know? The Islam God is just do for me, you know, obey, you know, it's just all about them, about serving them. You know, Jesus came to serve us and die for us as our, um, you know, as our Lord, you know. So that's why he said, if you want to be great, you have to serve. Okay. So a believer have two options. They could either be celibate or they could either be married. That's it cannot live in any kind of fornication, cannot live in any kind of adultery. Both of those things will separate you from the Lord and God is not gonna use you for the gospel if you're living in sin, okay? There's no one in the Bible that's living in sin that God uses. First, he has to clean you up because all of us, you know, we like pigs playing in the pigsty. Christ come, you know, we like the sheep playing in the um, pigsty and Christ come and clean us up. And then now he could use us. I was one of those dirty sheep that the Lord cleansed. And then He He's gonna He sent me to go minister the gospel to bring back some of those lost sheep. So you know He could have a relationship with them. Okay? Remember that guys, we are in this world because we have a loving father that loves us and do not let the enemy separate us from him. You know fight the good fight of faith hold on to the lord because he's worth it and he's worthy for all of all of our praise thank you i appreciate the time and may the lord bless you amen